0: <laughs>
1: okay, Alan. Right.
0: Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Homers Podcast, episode 64. I got my brother Carlos with me. I got Ramon with me. We're back for another edition of the Opinionated Bench Homers Podcast. I want to first off start off by saying we appreciate all the love and support that we've been getting. Whether you subscribe, whether you've left a review, whether you followed us on O underscore Bench we appreciate all the support. Make sure if you enjoy this podcast that you send it to a friend. If this is your first time listening, this is how the p and bench do
1: it around here. What's up, fellas? Yeah, man, glad to be rocking with OB, man. Like, uh, this has uh, been an entertaining week last couple of weeks or so. You
2: know, we're getting ready to
1: wrap up the first week of the playoffs. Ready to talk some sports, man.
2: Yeah, man, ready to get it rolling again. Like you said, man, it has been a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, a lot of things as it relates to just even bigger than sports itself. So we got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover and I'm ready to get it rolling, man.
0: Well, let's first start, start off by saying rest in peace to Chaz. Chad. Chad Bozeman, uh, a, a prominent figure, a, a legend. He he was an actor, played plenty of prominent roles. Third, good, whether it was him playing third Good Marshall and rather him playing Jackie Robinson in 42. And I think what he's most known for is Black Panther. Uh, just a true legend, uh, stand up guy. Uh, you know I don't think you could say enough about what he's done for the community and just for black culture in general and as we know legends never die you know and his name
1: will live on forever yeah man I think you touched it man I think he is a legend you know and he you know he you know obviously with the reports coming out with him being diagnosed back in 2016 with colon cancer you know we didn't hear word about that and he was Still putting on these roles and still, you know, suffering pretty much in silent, you know, obviously with people close to him knowing and still doing a good job on these roles. So, I mean, that's just that's that's the definition of a role model and a hero to me.
2: Yeah, I agree. Same thing. And and when you talk about that, uh, the fact that he had it those many years and kept it under wraps and kept doing what he was doing. It just made me think about, you know, one of our other ones that we look to and Kobe Bryant, man, that's that's Mamba mentality to me. That truly embodies Mamba mentality. And, um you know, he pushed through. He gave us a lot of great work. And like you said, his name will live on forever. His legacy will live on forever. So, um you know, just shout out to him. Shout out to his family. And we're really praying for them in this in this time. man
0: Definitely, definitely. Well said. My brother, well said. Also, rest in peace, Cliff Robinson, longtime Blazer, uh, one of the probably one of the best play, Blazers players to play the, uh, for that that franchise. We just want to say that prayers out to his family and his friends and his supporters. Uh, it's just a real tough time, man. A uh, lot I see a lot of people saying, "2020 uh, has been real rough," and we know that it, it really has been a rough year. But um, we, you know, we 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 really praying praying for those families because we know a lot has been going on in just in general. So, uh, praying for both of those families. So, so on a high note, the opinionated bench warmers did their first giveaway. This giveaway entails of Madden 21 uh, will be gifted to you. And you just have to follow simple rules. You just have to, you know, pretty much tag us on O underscore bench warmers on our Instagram, three, three different friends mention us on your story and, Hit done, and pretty much we just randomize it, randomize, and we'll pick a winner out of those guys who follow those directions. Now, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, that's because you don't follow instructions. We've been telling you to follow o underscore benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter because we got special things going on there. So if you don't know about that, that's why. Make sure that you follow us on o underscore benchwarmers. We have a lot of giveaways. To
1: happen in the future but for
0: this particular giveaway we're gonna go ahead and announce it guys y'all want to do it now or y'all want to save it
1: for later <laughs> no let's go ahead and do it now yeah, don't save the wait.
2: suspense yeah all right okay right. all
0: right all right well let's do it man let's do it so first of all we're gonna randomize we're gonna throw some names in a hat and ramon we're gonna swish it around right
2: <laughs> I got you, bro. <laughs> what? I got you, Wait, bro. man, I'm
0: just trying to save the suspense.
2: Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, yeah, So,
0: So the winner I have here is none other than 1K Chad. 1K Chad, you are the lucky winner of our Madden 21 giveaway. We'll be reaching out to you really, really soon via social media to get your information. We will be gifting you the newest version – of the Madden football game Madden 21 which I heard is awesome so we appreciate your support and following us and congratulations man let's give that man a round of applause man right quick you know let's give him a round of applause there we go 1K Chad, congratulations, man. That's that's a great gift, man. That's a you know madness. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Congratulations, man. We'll be reaching out to you very soon again. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all, everybody that entered into the contest. Now don't unfollow us and and everything because you may not have won. We have plenty of more giveaways to go. It may it was madness time. No telling what it'll be the next time. Just hanging there with us. We're going to be doing a lot of giveaways in the future, but congratulations to Chad. Again, we'll be reaching out to you, brother, real soon to get your information so we can get you that video game of Matt, man. Don't it feel good, fellas, to, to give back?
1: Oh, absolutely, man. You know? It feels real good to give somebody something that they can do and, you know, take some time to kind of have that that getaway. And, you know, we, we that's what we do, man. We We three good guys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah. elegant>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the two down, right? <laughs> right.
2: See what's going on. I just hope Chad cold on the game, man. Please let let Chad actually be, you know, <laughs> 21 and some people on Madden, man. Make, make it worth the time getting the game, man. But like you said, it's always good to have a chance to give away uh something to give back. And like you said, man, be on the lookout. Some more of these are coming. So just keep following us, keep staying in tune. You will not going to get your opportunity eventually, or let me say you might get your opportunity eventually, but we're going to have more chances for you. So definitely stay locked in to us, man.
0: But we appreciate all the support uh, for this contest because we had way, we had a lot to go through. We had a lot of people that, to enter into this contest, which makes you makes us feel special that we are even in that type of context to where you feel as though you could support us. So we appreciate all the love and support that you guys are giving us and, we're here to do a show, fellas, so let's get it started. We had a lot of things happen in our absence, and since we recorded last, I think that we should begin with history being made, which mean, which which created a domino effect, and y'all know what I'm talking about. We're talking about the Bucks and the Magic were scheduled to play, and up until the last minute, no players showed up on the floor. No one <laughs> knew what was going on turned to find out these guys were boycotting the game and refused to take the floor. And then the magic left the floor. It led into a domino effect, which was great. Uh, The major league, uh, the Reds and the Brewers decided they weren't going to play. The WNBA participated, canceled all of their games. The major league soccer canceled all their games that night. It was just a wonderful display for a support uh, of, 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 of Mr. Blake, who was another young black man unarmed that was, that was, you know, shot unjustly by the police, and you know, it, it was a it was a stand up to police brutality, and we, we uh, we've seen a demonstration, and so happened to have happened on the year anniversary that Cap first took a knee against police brutality, but it was a it was a great display, and and everybody stood
2: in solidarity, and I, it was it was great to see, man. Yeah, no, man. Uh, I really agree with it. It was one of those things that it really – you had kind of heard some rumblings that, you know, there may be something that's going to happen. And initially you heard kind of the, the Celtics and the Raptors were trying to think about, you know, how they may approach the second-round series that they have. But all of a sudden you started seeing these different things. Of course, we all checking Twitter and seeing that this might happen. And then, you know, they're looking for the Bucks to come out. They're not coming out. They didn't come out. Um, and it just kind of set the tone, like you said, for everything else that transpired and all these other professions. I want to shout out too, just like you were shouting out the other ones, man. Shout out to Naomi Osaka as well, uh, for mm-hmm. her even boycotting her tennis match. Um, yeah. but it's something that, you know, presently where we always say, you know, the NBA is one of the, if not the best league, i would say it is the best league uh that's out there. Um and so I feel that that the NBA just kind of took the forefront. And um, I feel like the NBA just kind of took the forefront with this. Uh, and uh, hold up, yeah. So it was like you know you seeing the NBA step to the forefront um, as they kind of usually do. Between the NBA and the WNBA also step to the forefront with a lot of things too. Um, and really, you know putting together um, and stepping to the forefront and making a statement, you know, at this particular time, when we find ourselves as a country, as a nation, like this social injustice has to stop. And so you see the league come to the forefront. They said leading into the bubble, these are the kind of things that they would do that they would put these issues at the forefront of the league. And so, you know, they finally stepped up and actually put some action to it, you know, and, and as we've seen, even from there, there's going to be some more subsequent action that's going to come from it
1: yeah man i I just respect it bro i just I, i just that's that's all i can really say to it um you know you know as a fan of the game you know selfishly a little bit i wanted i didn't want the nba to stop the playoffs i feel like they came too far right you know they came too far they sacrificed a lot already to get to this point um but i think you know what they did was enough to make us have those conversations you know once again um you know them of course boycotting the games is not going to change the world, but it's going to make us again, have that conversation, you know, um, you know, and that was from the office. When you go to work, you know, just anywhere, you know, sports is the normal talk, but when sports stop, we're like, Hey, why does it stop? And you have that conversation. What's going on in the world. So I respect it from that aspect because again, it's going to take people losing money, you know, those higher ups, you know, those people that are in positions to make change, to start losing money and things like that for change, real change to start happening for laws and things that's, you know, in place right now to change. So I respect it, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that basketball is back. I'm glad that, you know, they did what they did. So it was really a win-win situation.
0: How about the Milwaukee? You know, I think it's ironic that more specifically that this took place, this tragedy took place in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. which is, you know, where where Milwaukee resides. So I think it was very important for them to take a stand. But even more so when you think about it, Milwaukee's number one in the East. And they are a very, they're a team that's a favorite to win it all. And they still took this type of stand, risking it all. Like no one knew about it. And thankfully, Adam Silver, like you mentioned on the other podcast, Ramon, I think runs the the best league in, in the world and that you know he didn't he didn't punish these guys for taking a stand you know these guys are sick of it man they're in the bubble and you know they they're here to take stand and people will rather watch them play basketball and want to be entertained by them but they don't care about their brothers and just shooting them down in the streets so I respect them and and like you Carlos I'm gonna be transparent as well when it first when I first got news of it I wasn't happy about it but then you it's like you said you snap out of it and you realize that there are bigger things that's happening besides sports. And, you know, once I, once we, me and you both, once that, you know, kind of clicked in our head, we was we was all on board for it. And, I, again, I applaud these guys, you know, risking their game checks and everything like that for to take this type of stand because, you know, it, it, this is what it's going to take uh, in order for real change to happen. And a lot of guys have their platforms to do it. Now, a lot of people asked, why did they do this? Why did they just boycott one game and what type of effect did it have? And when you look at it, when you look at it, 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 it did take effect, you know, because now they are saying that they're going to open up all arenas to, to be voting polls, which is huge because if you had, if you've been paying attention to the news and just on the outside that, you know, it's been a lot of going back and forth where they're trying to disallow mail-in mail-in ballots for people who can't make it in or don't feel comfortable with this virus going on. But with these arenas being open to be voted on that is huge because it, it allows everybody a, a large group of people to be able to vote and not only vote but vote safely which was a, a big concern I guess you know we, we you know we're not a politics podcast but you know it, you know you could speculate of why they want to limit voting in black communities but you know, it, it it says a lot, and and just them sitting out that one game created that change among other things. I don't have it in front of me. I know the voting part. That was the biggest thing I took out of it. I think they also starting up with a board, Ramon, to you know to fight injustices uh, that, that that has coaches and players on it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely starting something, and and like you said, this really got things jump started to keep moving like you know of course once you know you had this initial of sitting out you know the subsequent meeting that happened with all the players that were part of it and there were threats of course of you know calling it quits for the season period and there were some demands that have now been put on owners you know demands that are put on people as los was saying that have the influence and as you were saying rob that have the influence um to make you know certain changes and to really use themselves for positive action and so like you said, going forward, you're going to see more involvement. It's not just going to be a players run thing or a player led thing, but you're going to see these owners, these billionaires have to step to the forefront and come, you know, and and do things to create change or, you know, as you'll see it, I mean, the players ultimately they hold so much power as it relates to the league. And so owners know at this time, okay, we got to kind of step up and, and take and hear them and kind of go along with what they're saying in order for our league to continue to even push forward it as well. So you are seeing those kind of different things be put into effect. Yep. So
0: you know that anything like this will cause drama. And unfortunately, it's a shame that these private conversations or whatever's privately happening in these meetings continuously leak. But LeBron found himself kind of in a – I don't mean to say this, but I can't think of another word – entanglement. <laughs> entanglement. <laughs> but, but he, he found himself in an entanglement just basically because he's just been – some kind of way they're trying to make him out to be the bad guy. You know, uh, now LeBron was one of the ones that tweeted out as soon as they – they uh, that they decided not to play that they're sick of this expletive. So, uh, clearly he was on board. But, you know, when they had the meeting the next day, it was said that LeBron was talking – well, Stephen A. reported to some, some, some effect, paraphrasing that. LeBron, like the younger guys, were kind of turned off by him because it seemed like he was talking down upon them. And then there were some reports that said LeBron was initially frustrated because he was like, okay, we're going to boycott it now, but what actions are we going to take after this? And then after they laid out a plan and gave their demands and, you know, like things like, okay, we're going to open up the arenas to have voting, Uh, owners are, are required to really take part into really using their influence to impact change. Then he was on board. But either way, he was made to be out to the bad guy. And and you know, when you think about a guy like LeBron, whether you like him or not, on the floor or not, or what he does, I mean, he's done a lot for the black community. He's been a very, very vocal about the injustices. He's never bought bit his tongue, and then he he walks the walk. He started the I Promise School, which is putting students, giving them a free college education. You know, he's he's uh he's also, you know, with his network uh more than an athlete, you know, he's done documentaries. So I mean, it's it's not – you can't say enough about what LeBron has done for the black community. But in this particular situation, it's like he's being made to be a bad guy, which I don't think is a knock on him. But what what are some of y'all thoughts on the things that you heard coming out of the bubble, which we don't even know if, if it's true or not. But it, it's he say, she say. And Stephen A has been wrong multiple times reporting on LeBron. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting to see, I mean – you know, I definitely think there was some friction in that meeting, you know, with everything going on and, you know, there's a lot of people losing money and TV deals and things like that. You think about it and now that those TV deals were supposed to be playing NBA games, they had to find a, something else to put on the TV for those two days or two or three days that they were out. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to make that type of move, I kind of, with him, have some type of plan. That I mean, just boycotting kind the of game is, that's cool, that's, you know, but what is your plan then? What's now? Um, so, I can see that me getting kind of you know, especially with him being the face of the league, he takes that pressure, you know what I'm saying? It's either you, you you know, everybody's not going to love him or like him, you know, for that reason. That's any leader, you know what I'm saying? That's any leader in a job, you know what I'm saying? They have to make those tough decisions. They have to be, they have to lead, and ultimately leading means that everyone is not going to be happy with your decision, but everyone is going to follow your decision as a leader. So it's just, it's uh it's interesting, Um, but I think, you know, I don't think he's bothered by it. You know what I'm saying? That's he, that's what he do. He know, he's a face, he know, he's a leader of the, of the NBA. Yeah.
2: I I think, you know, a big part of it, like y'all mentioned, and I'm, I think that emotions were just high at that time. And you know, when emotions get high, like you said, that friction can come in those type of moments. Um, I I see kind of two sides of it. Um, I do agree that you of course need to have a plan in place. And I believe that there needed to be something that comes after this initial action, but i also feel that sometimes you do have to take quick action on something sometimes you don't always have time right in a moment to develop this full thought out plan that hey you need to do take step a and then once step a is taken then you can come back sit back and say okay now you know this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to develop so i don't have any issue i know that there were rumblings too that there were some issues with the bucks you know going ahead and making this decision without letting everybody know not letting all the other teams know i feel that the bucks could have taken it up on themselves to go ahead and make that move do what they did and then you figure out after that okay how do we take collective action at this moment um, so I don't see anything wrong with what the Bucks did. And I also don't really see anything too wrong with LeBron feeling that, hey, okay, we're going to need a plan in place. We're going to need some action after this because just boycotting a game is not going to truly um, do what we're looking to get done. You know, like Los was saying, it'll keep the conversation going, but we have to actually do some things that are going to actually create change. So I can see it from his perspective, but I still don't think that anything was wrong with the Bucks going ahead and saying, let's sit out this game, and then we can figure it out after this, you know.
0: I agree. Um, I, I think that regardless of what went down in those meetings, which it's a meeting and it's a private meeting. I don't feel like it's any of our business what went down there. And like you said, Ramon, when when the, um, we've been in meetings ourselves, and when the when the temperature not our, not us, we don't. Do it, <laughs> but I'm just saying we've been a part of meetings outside of this, or in, in other place in the workplace, or uh, you know when we play sports on uh, in team meetings. And temperatures do get high, but what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room. And in this case, whatever happened in that meeting should have stayed in that meeting. So. I don't think we can judge somebody off of leaked information. Um, you know, there was a, there was a leak that said Pat Bev told the the leader of the MPBA um, that we pay your salary, that we're not going to let you talk. You talk when I say talk. So you know, it's things that come out of it like that. Now I do believe that because Pat is a jerk. <laughs> we know <that. laughs> Like Pat is is not the most likable guy, but you know. It just says it, it speaks to a lot of what happened, but I'm, overall, I don't think that it, um, that type of uh, I guess uh, messiness should uh, allow what the impact that it had. I don't think we should lose sight of the impact that it has. So that's why I'm not giving it that much attention. At the end of the day, we saw the impact that them walking out had, and we saw action. The NBA spelled out an action going forward of what will be required of themselves, and they're going to hold themselves accountable to continue to spark change. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, what we're what we're happy about is that we back, we back today, the playoffs restarted. Uh, playoffs? You kidding me? <laughs> playoffs? I just hope we, can- we started back up today. We had the Bucks knock off, made quick work of the man. <laughs> Other the Magic, maybe they should have just canceled this series.
2: Yeah. Maybe that's why they
0: took a <laughs> day. They could have,
2: they could afford to just boycott that game right. and take an L and yeah. take it to six, and they were still gonna get it done. So
0: the Magic looked
2: terrible, man.
0: I, I mean, they are depleted. They do. I mean, Aaron Gordon's hurt. Terrence Ross is terrible. Terrence Ross is trash. He is garbage. <laughs> like I don't know who's worse, him or Evan Fournier. Which
1: one? Man. You could tell take him, your tell pick. us how you really feel. Right, right. Man, he
0: just Terrence Ross is just not who he used to be when he was at the Raptors. Like he just he takes bad shots when he comes in. I know his job is to spark offense off the bench. He takes horrible shots. You know, he he doesn't try to make play for others. That's the same thing with Evan. Like Evan has no playmaking ability ever. I don't know if he does. I don't watch many magic games, but just seeing him in the bubble and watching plenty of his games. Like, all he's looking for is his own shot. Like, he, he, i seen multiple times where he'll go in a pick and roll and Nuke will be open. Like, Nuke should be open, you know, and Nuke is a three point shoot, even though he's seven feet and he can knock that down. He does not pass it to him or he'll wait till he's double teamed in the paint, then pass it. Like, like he'll try to force it in and then it just don't be in rhythm. Like, I don't know. He's just, he just really kind of just.
2: Yeah, of I don't even feel like we need to take time on the Magic, honestly, where they kind of <laughs> irrelevant. No, man. I don't feel like breaking down their squad or breaking fields <laughs> no, down. I, I know, man, but
0: they really just, I don't know, I just had to get that off my chest, man. I, I don't know, I just had to get that off my chest. But, I mean, yeah. I think they'll be a good team going, like, when they get their players back, they are not, not that bad. I mean, they didn't have Aaron Gordon, that's,
2: you know, they second leading Yeah, school, next so. year they might make it to a seventh seed. <laughs>
0: But anyway, yeah,
2: so now
0: that the Bucs will be moving on to play the Heat in the second round, and then we got the Celtics and the Raptors in the second round, which I'm looking forward to. I think the Celtics and the Raptors will get started tomorrow afternoon. So we'll get a chance to see, you know, some better matchups in the East.
1: What are y'all expecting to see out of that Celtics and Raptors? All right, I'll give you my prediction on that. Yeah, Celtics, Raptors, I think all year – you know, the Celtics is kind of – that's why he – Nick Nurse is one coach of the year. They've kind of flown under the radar, Either, even being a 2C, you know what I'm saying? No one really expected him to still do as well as they are doing. Um, so that Celtics-Raptors series, I got – I got it going six games. I got it going six games, and it's really a pick em coin toss type of thing. But I, I think I'm going to go with – I think the Celtics are ready, ready for that, that, that push to, to beat the – beat them.
2: Wait, so you just talked up the Raptors and Nick Nurse. Oh, All they just on, man. Say- <laughs> I know right? oh, her. Just- man. Well, okay, now, nah, Nick, you're going to go now. <laughs> yeah, like
0: what?
1: I, I, I talked them up. Let me explain. I talked them up. Max? I talked them up. <laughs> 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 I talked them up just so to let you know that I'm proud to where they're at right now and how far they've gotten, you know, when we didn't expect them to get this far, but I think their time is over. Now that the Celtics gonna take him out in six games, I think the Celtics just have too much firepower. I think I think one thing about it,
0: I would say again, Celtics in six, but I think it's because of Kyle's ankle. I don't. I think that, that is, I think it may be a little bit more serious than initially thought. So I mean, if he's not healthy, then I, I don't see the Raptors getting through this series. I mean, that's that's twenty points there.
1: Right. Well, I mean, all reports saying right now. I mean, everything changes every day, but they're saying right now he's going to play tomorrow. Um, obviously he's not going to be a hundred percent. So yeah, we'll if see. he's not a hundred, I mean,
0: we saw that Luca, uh, Luca, the first game, he killed it and and did really really well. But that second game, you know, you could kind of see that that ankle was bothering him. So you know, they 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 can take pain shots and all of that to you know, adrenaline get to going. But I think as the ankle starts to, you know, you start to sit more and you know, their adrenaline goes away, the ankle can get progressively worse. And I think that's what happened to Luca because Luca didn't look hundred percent last game either. And, you know, but let's get, let's get Ramon's prediction. Yeah.
2: 20. No, I'm with y'all as well, man. I think that the Celtics are going to grab this series. I think like you said, it depends on how healthy Kyle Lowry is, whether it goes six or seven, it's going to at least go six because the Raptors, the one thing with them, they just so well coached. Like Los was talking of Nick nurse before he ultimately let them down uh, Nick Nurse, I think is, is a better coach um, than Brad Stevens at this point. So uh, I still favor the Celtics just because of the overall talent. Tatum has been playing really well, playing out of his mind. Jalen Brown has been playing excellent basketball as well. And the thing about it too, you know, Kimber, you've seen there were questions about him coming into the bubble about his health with his knee situation but that's kind of checked itself out as well. So I think that the Celtics just have a little bit too much firepower, a little bit too many go-to guys at this point. Um, And then they also have several guys that even they can throw at Kyle Lowry, Um, especially too. I'm uh, anticipating that Marcus Smart will get um, a decent amount of time to even guard Kyle Lowry. So if you want a bum ankle and a guy like Marcus Smart is checking you, that can be something that's difficult to overcome. So I'll say Celtics – I'll say Celtics in seven. Give me seven. Okay.
0: So me and Los got them. Celtics in six. Ramon has the Celtics in seven. So let's flip it over to the Miami Heat and the Bucks in the second round. Uh, a very anticipated matchup. Ooh. I've been looking forward to this one. You got a very. Yeah. You got a couple guys. You know. You got a guy in Jimmy Butler who's tough as nails, gritty. Get it out the mud. And can pretty much do it. He does it all for the. Heat. He plays great defense. He makes plays for him. He scores for him. He's there. He's their playmaker down the stretch. He's their, their go-to guy in in the in the waning minutes. Then they have a lot of great role players. And and you know when you look at Duncan Robinson and you got Tyler Hero and you got um, uh, Drogic, who's been playing amazing. He's been playing amazing in these playoffs. Gargan. He's a uh, and then you got Kendrick Nunn, who's the rookie that came onto the scene that complements it very well. Uh, and then you got Bam. So you got a matchup. And then on the flip side, the Bucks. You know, I mean, they were beaten by the Magic. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, it's a lot to say. I know you you can sleep on it, but you know, the Magic had a lot of. You know, it was closer than what the three one seems. Maybe. You know, cause nah. I I watched a lot of it, and yeah. it it didn't seem like. I don't know. I mean, all right, it's two, it's two aspects. When you got a one seed playing an eight seed, they're going to take segments off. If, if the Bucks do that against the Heat, they're going to have some trouble. But when they did decide to dominate, they did dominate, but it's just, you know, I think the Heat match up pretty well. I, I'm, I'm going to say it guys. I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. I got the Heat in six games, bro.
1: Wow. Six, huh? I I would say uh seven. I think it's going to be a seven game series. Um, But I think, the Bucks are ready. You know what I'm saying? The Bucs have been gotten those early exits, you know, the last year and I think the year before as well, where they had those those early exits. You know what I'm saying? So I think this time I think they're gonna lock in and realize that this Heat team is not to be joked around with. And I got I got them winning in seven. You know, I think they're gonna pull it off. Um again, what the Heat do have the formula to beat the Bucks, and so it's going to be a back and forth series. Um you know but I, again i think i think i think greek freak is just too much for the heat right now
2: he is yeah. but and and, uh, and that's my no that's my main part of it you know that i've said this leading into the playoffs in the first round all of that i just feel like giannis is that guy man and i really don't think that on his road to the finals mm-hmm. this year i really don't think that any team is going to stop him or stop mm-hmm. the bucks um, it really hasn't mattered to me what happened even with the Magic, with them dropping that game. I mean, last year we saw the 2-7 matchup. We saw the Raptors drop their first game of the playoffs to the Magic, and then they still came through, went to the finals, won the whole whole thing. Um, obviously, I'm not saying the Bucs are going to win it all, but I do believe that they'll get through this series. I have the Bucs in six. I just think that Giannis is different, man. Giannis is different, and I really yeah. am believing he's – He's having a special season. He yeah. is. And I'm believing that he, you know, he's taking his his L's, you know, each year he's progressively getting further and further. And I think that he's just that guy, that superstar that just gives you that little bit of an edge. You know, surrounding pieces, I think Miami is built out really well. And like Lo said, have the formula to beat the Bucks. But ultimately, I just think that Giannis is that guy. So I'm taking the Bucks, man. So Carlos Bucks got in Bucks,
0: six. Bucks and seven, and you got Bucks and six. Yeah. So I'm going to be on the ledge by myself and say Heat and six. And I just truly believe in Jimmy Butler. So I, I truly believe in the, the mentality that he brings to that team. I think that team, that's the perfect place. It, it was no better place for Jimmy to go to than the Heat, which they play as a team. They're unselfish. They work hard. A bunch of young, hungry guys. And they coach well. So it should be a matchup. I'm i am looking forward to it, fellas. I'm, I really am. So we got the Lakers. Uh, by the time this comes out, the Lakers are beating finished off the Blazers.
1: Whoa. Whoa, that is confident. That is, that is, I sure hope you're right tonight when they come out to play. <laughs> <laughs> We're so recording this on a Saturday right now for the listeners.
0: And then you got the – what about the Rockets and the Thunder, man? The Thunder really – you know, they stormed back. I thought that it was – you know, the, the first, they really made some good adjustments. Uh because uh, the first game that they played, the first couple games, the Rockets, uh, the, the Thunderers looked out of sync on offense. It seemed like they played a lot of selfish ball, a lot of one-on-one, uh, not a lot of ball moving, which is surprising to say with a guy like Chris Paul on the team. But it seemed like they figured it out, man. And, you know, now you, you, you look at this series, it, it's closer than what they thought. The Rockets, now they, they're going to bring Westbrook back tonight. Uh, so I think that will make the difference. <laughs> I think that the Rockets was just trying to buy as much time as they could with Westbrook ailing. Uh, but I think with Westbrook being ready to come back, I think they just gonna spell as many games as they could, but now they know that they need them. So I, 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 feel, I feel like the Rockets are gonna advance.
2: I agree, I think that the Rockets are gonna get it done now. Um, the one thing with the Rockets is that when they go cold from their three-point line, mm-hmm. pretty much anybody can stay in the game mm-hmm. if they really go cold. But the thing yes, is, sir. on the opposite side, they make it so difficult for you when you heat up because, honestly, you have to adjust to them. When the Rockets are hot and shooting lights out, you have to change your lineups to adjust to what they're doing. So sometimes you can get out of what you do best. So sometimes you can have lineups where, you know, uh Steven Adams may not be able to be on the floor but ultimately like you said I think with Russ coming back I got the Rockets going ahead and taking that series and getting it done and ultimately facing the Lakers
0: yeah I think I think AD's gonna have a field day on the Rockets though because <laughs> they don't have any size to uh really match up with them I think yeah, he needs yeah, to play I the think- five what is up right. with you guys today? Are we all Lakers fans? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> you I'm always like, tell us I'm not made, to I made be- two bold <laughs> statements and I'm standing out on the ledge <laughs> on my you, own. Like, you always tell
2: on? us to not make it a Lakers podcast. Then when we don't make it a Lakers <laughs> podcast, then now you got an issue with it. I guess that's a good right. point.
0: All right, guys, let's let's move on. Um, I want to get to fantasy because, like us, although the official opinionated bench warmers podcast draft is tomorrow evening. That's right ain't <laughs> that the best one was podcast let me give a round of applause for that man we, you know the best league around starts up tomorrow uh but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk to give you guys a little tip some tips to help you with your drafts. because we know that you may have drafts coming up uh next week of uh, uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, we may drop uh, – I don't know. I'm not going to make any false promises, but we may do another special episode devoted strictly to fantasy to help you with your fantasy leagues. Uh, guys, I I mean, I think I want to just touch on a few things. I don't want to touch on too much because the draft is tomorrow. I don't want to give too much away of the tricks that I have up my sleeve. But for the purpose of this podcast and because I care about our listeners so much, I'm going to be completely – I'm going to be a complete open book. I want to start off with these running backs – uh, running backs mean so much to a fantasy team, whether you're a PPR or a standard. Uh, we, we, we have a, with a certain, the, the huge names up there, guys, but um, what's a running back that you're expecting? Uh, let's do it like this. When you look at a guy like Alvin Kamara coming off of a, a, a another, what, what, what I would say, a pretty good season, uh, and it came out that he was actually injured, uh, but he still managed to, to really put up some numbers and really, you know, no one really knew that he was injured. We knew that his explosiveness wasn't there. But at the same time, he still had, what, 80 catches. He still uh, – yeah, he had 80 catches, uh, 533 receiving yards, and he ran 171 times for 797 yards and five touchdowns last year. Um, Were well, y'all looking for him to go in, in a fantasy draft with that yeah, top I mean-
1: five pick? Right, he should go in, a, in the top five picks in any draft, you know, being um, that, like you mentioned, he being injured last year and still putting up decent numbers, you know, not the Alvin Kamara that we expected and probably the numbers that we expected, but he still did well, you know, being oh, yeah. that he was injured, you know. So I would say easily a top five pick. That's, you know, he definitely should be a top five pick.
2: Yeah, I agree. In that four or five range, I wouldn't put him top three, but in that four or five range. I okay.
1: All
0: right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's move right along. Let's move right along. So who do you guys have in your top five rankings and in what order of running backs for PPR leagues? Do I even have to say PPR leagues? Does anybody play standard anymore? <laughs> There's like, a few people at this point. Still play. <laughs> at this point, if you're playing standard and if you have kickers and defenses in your
2: league, you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah, it, it's weird because really PPR is pretty much the standard now. So it's exactly. almost like they need to kind of rearrange how they say different things. But there are some people that still do play standard out there. But PPR is the way to go.
0: All right, let's go top five running backs. We know Christian McCaffrey and Saquon. So who are the rest, Who who rounds off the rest of y'all top five?
1: Right. So I'll go, like you said, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon is the top Right now, that's the automatic ones that's going one and two in every mock draft and every fantasy draft that I've did so far. Um, after that, it kind of mixes up. You know, you get a mixture of Zeke. You know, you may get some, uh, you may get some Dalvin Cook a little bit. You know, um, I think now that he's a purported to count, he's been mixed in there. But for my top five, I got, um, I got, say, I got Christian McCaffrey. I got um, Saquon. I got Zeke. And then I have um Alvin Kamara. And then I have um the Russian leader, the 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 guy that led the league in Russian last year and Derek Henry. Yeah. I make sure I'll make sure I get that uh, that clip right there. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I um, I I pretty much agree with you, man. My top five, Christian McCaffrey is number one. Uh after Christian McCaffrey, I have Saquon at that two spot. Um, At the three spot, I would have Zeke at that number three spot. And then I'm actually taking Derrick Henry at the four slot. I have Derrick Henry at four. And then I have Alvin Kamara um, at five. If you would have asked me, of course, going into last year, I would have had Alvin Kamara above Derrick Henry. But I think after what Derrick Henry proved to us last year and still being a little bit unsure of, you know, is Alvin Kamara going to fully shake back? Was it just the injuries or was it a little bit of him not having Mark Ingram in that backfield with him as well um, that kind of, you know, caused him to dip a little bit? So I'll take Derrick Henry at that four spot and then AK at the five.
0: Uh, okay. So uh, with my with my picks, I guess, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, of course. Uh, that third one, I, I will go Alvin Kamara. I think he's highly motivated. This is a contract year for him. So he's going to really come out swinging. Uh, I think that he's finally healthy, and we saw what he did when he wasn't healthy. So, being that he's healthy this year, I expect a big year out of him. So, if I was up there in that top five and Saquon and Christian gone, I'm 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 gonna be looking for Alvin, and then I go Derrick Henry, and then I will go Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook is is what man? Why are you Dalvin at over like, Zeke?
2: <laughs> wow, I love Dalvin Zeke. over Zeke,
0: man. I love
2: Zeke, but all right, I'm the with type,
0: I mean, only the knock on Dalvin is. His, is his ability to stay healthy. I love Zeke, but it's just, Dalvin, man, 1,100 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, 53 catches, 500 receiving yards, two touchdowns receiving. So, you know, it's, it, it comes to that. But, I mean, I do like Zeke. Again, I, I I mean, I couldn't argue against Zeke. I love Zeke. I take him every almost every year. But, you know, and then you got Nick Chubb as well, who's, ugh, Nick Chubb is a monster. Uh, he don't really give you much on as far as a receiver out the backfield, but he makes up for that for how many touch r- rushing touchdowns and how much the Browns chooses to go his way
2: in, sh- in the red
0: zone. So, um, just I don't a know.
2: quick quick question: Who do you think is going to have a better year, out of Nick Chubb and Clyde Clyde Edwards-Elam? Hmm,
0: I think I, I think that. Uh, I think I'm, – I'm, I'll say Nick just to be safe, but I think it'll be close, though, because uh, Clyde – won't
1: be close. You we don't won't. think so? No. I think that's – one, I think that's a terrible, terrible – I'm I'm not high on Chubb. Just the yeah. reason why <laughs> – Seriously? You know, just how it was before in the past, and I'll say this, with with uh, Melvin Gordon, you know what I'm saying? Like, which Melvin Gordon now is, you know – not even being talked about in the first round. Everybody was high on him. Nick Chubb is, to me, he's, he's a good player, and he's going to put up good numbers. But the Kareem Hunt factor in that backfield is what takes away carries from him, right? Before, it was Damian Williams with, you know, Clyde right. being with the Chiefs. You know, he no longer has that threat anymore. Now, Clyde is the all-purpose back, making catches being the goal line back, being the everything back, going out to the slot, everything back. So, and if you're talking PPR league, he's not competing with anybody in probably the best offense in the NFL. So I don't see how Clyde, I'm sorry, how he could outdo him this year. Yeah, I want to rescind my
0: statement. Let me rescind so, my statement. I don't think Chubb. Yeah, because I would – I'll take Clyde. Like, if I was a – if I was a top had a top five pick in a PPR league, 12-team league, I – consider Clyde at that fifth spot because of what, you know, they purposely picked Clyde because of the type of back that he is. And he's the perfect chief's back because, you know, Pat can check down to him. You can use him in a screen game. He can run in between the tackles. Uh, you know, he, he's the perfect chief's back. So I do take that back. I do think Clyde will have a better headed than Chubb. But I yeah. like Chubb though. So, um, any tips that we got for these fantasy people just in general?
1: Yeah, I yeah. For their I, drafts. One. I mean, you know, and I'm not scared to give it because the draft is gonna fall how it's gonna fall. Um, you know, I think this is, is arrogance here.
2: <laughs> no,
1: I mean it's real. The draft is gonna fall how it's gonna fall, whether you do it or whatever. Um, but I think this is the year you rate on tight end you know? um, Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: There's a lot of the the tight end position is a little deeper than it has been in the past. And what I mean by that is from your top guys, once you get those top guys go off the board, the rest of them can really be hit or miss after that, or be a decent option after that, you know, and you, and I mentioned names like, you know, uh, Blake Jarwin, you know what I'm saying? He's a a name now that Jason is not with the Cowboys. He has that open spot with, you know, um, with the Cowboys of leading leading them as their number one tight end. You know, um, you got names like Hayden Hurst, right? Hayden Hurst is, now has all those targets with the Falcons now that Austin Hooper is gone and with the Browns now. So you have all those names that's kind of like not really being talked about a lot because they haven't shown much yet. And they're now getting their opportunity to be that starting guy that are still going later than probably what they should be because people aren't comfortable with what they haven't saw yet necessarily. Right now we're probably getting preseason games and people are probably getting hyped up and they'll be going higher and things like that. And we'll get snap counts, who's playing with the first team, seeing that type of information. But now, you know, it's keeping average draft positions the same, which is good for those sharp fantasy players.
0: Yeah. I mean, what about Blake Jarwin? I don't know if you mentioned it. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. And TJ Hawkinson, did you mention him? No, I didn't. Okay, TJ Hawkinson was one of those ones that, you know, he had – he was really, really good. I mean, I bought I bought a couple of shares of him last year, but he, he wasn't able to stay healthy, and then he underperformed. But, like, the, I think, like, the last five or six – well, or the middle of the season, it was a five, six-game stretch where he really showed why people was buying him. But in, in mocks, I've done – So far, uh, I mean, I'm able to get him in sometimes the 12th and 13th round, uh, as well as Chris Herndon. You mentioned him, LoSon, with the Jets. That's that's another guy that you know didn't play last year. A lot of people not really comfortable uh, picking him up because you know they really don't know much of him. But when the Jets picked him last, when they picked him, I think they got him uh, in a in a in a in a higher round of the draft. But they got him to use him. And he's a real talented, agile tight end. Uh, but a lot of people are not uh, – a lot of people take him. I'm, I'm seeing him somehow You able to get him in the 14th round. So, it's a lot of guys. Then we didn't even mention John New Smith. So, it's a lot of – the tight end position is really, really deep. And I'm so happy that this recording is coming out Monday because my draft is tomorrow. Only you guys know. So, <laughs> so you know, the tight end is really – so, if you want to wait on the tight end, you know, that's like low say That's the way to go. You got anything to say about that,
2: Ramon? Nah, I'm, I'm right along with y'all. See, look man. at him, man. Yeah, <laughs> look, look at, at him. Man. No, you're going you yeah. to suck. All right, what, nah. what, what tip
0: you have, Ramon? I,
2: I, I feel like y'all covered it well. No, man, man. come on, man. Come on, I feel on, like man. y'all covered this fantasy stuff well, man. I don't feel like I have. Honestly, I really don't have a groundbreaking tip at this point. I really don't, man. The biggest thing is, you know, don't – Draft prep is is great. It's all good and dandy. But the thing is, you need to know how to assemble a squad going in. The draft is never going to 100% go how you expect it to go. So really knowing true roster construction is one of the main things in a draft because a draft can flip at a second, you know, within it. So I I, I don't have, like, oh, this great sleeper to go grab in the 14th round anything like that. He wouldn't
0: tell us anyway.
2: (laughs) Nah, just (laughs) – just go into it, you know, have an idea of how you really want to build out your squad, whether you want to go wide receiver heavy, whether you feel that, you know, you have a strategy where you're going to wait on wide outs and go running backs, but have an idea of how you truly want to build out your squad and, you know, j- just go with the flow, man. No,
0: no. Well, my tip, I'm going to give uh little with the tight ends and you with the roster construction. I think that wide receivers are very deep this year, too. So uh, if, if you decide to pass up on those studs in the first round, I'm talking about the Tyreaks of the world, the Mike, Michael Thomas's uh, that you have. Uh, uh, I wouldn't look at you side-eye because the wide receiver, because I'm, I'm looking at Odell and some mocks going in the third round. I'm looking at Galladay going in the early or late third round. So, we're in a draft to where you can wait on wide receivers as well, you know, but the running backs to me aren't as deep this year as they have been in the past. So <laughs> look at, <Colin. laughs> look at <him.
2: laughs> It's some interesting draft strategy that we getting going here. Well, yeah. Yeah. Don't you go. I like
1: that. I like that strategy, but I mean, I'm along the lines of remind, I say you before a draft, you got to look at your and, you know, think about the type of players you want to target. You may not always get the same type of players, you know, and I can talk about my dynasty league that we did a little bit because we drafted in that league, but you know, and the I may black mamba
0: dynasty league, rest in peace, black mamba.
1: Yes. Rest in peace, black mama. But I, my strategy going into this league is I wanted a deep team, you know, with everything going on with COVID, we don't know when players may go down and things like that. So that was my strategy and also for my running backs. And so what I mean by that is the type of player you want, I wanted players that were going to be alpha dogs, going to get 20 carries from my running backs. You know what I'm saying? And so both of my running backs is Chris Carson and Derek Henry. And then obviously James Conner right now, who's coming back from injury. I wanted that type of player for, to build my roster. Now this next, you know, for this next draft, I may want a pass catching running back in the PPR league. I want all my running backs to be able to get catches and get those type of things, you know, the, the Clydes of the world, the C- Christian McCaffreys of the world. Mm. I mean, I know that's not growing on trees, the James Whites of the world. You know, that those type – I might want that type of built, a roster. Or oh, I might want to do a mixture of that. You know what I'm saying? I, I like to draft my teams with those alpha dog running backs. You know what I'm saying? And no. it's just – you can't always get them. Um, but mm. I like – I know I'm guaranteed to get 15 to 20 carries with yeah. my running backs.
0: Especially in a league that's really – Going to the running back committee type system like the San Francisco running backs, that backfield is a mess. Like, you don't know really who is going to be the guy, and you know, it's just hard. You know, you got Jerick McKinnon back there, you got um, Mazdart, then you got uh, I'm missing one, uh, the guy who went from who got traded from Atlanta, right? Tom Coleman
1: is. He- Tim
2: Is he Coleman still over there? Nah, he over there?
0: Matt
1: yeah, Breida? Yeah. No, Matt breeder in Miami now. Mm-hmm. But who? are you talking about? Jared McKinnon? Yeah, Jarek McKinnon.
0: Seen. I can't McKinnon. Yeah.
1: Who's the other yeah. one? So you have?
0: Miles Dirt, McKinnon, And, and Coleman and Coleman. Well, Ramon's looking at me like I was crazy when I said Coleman.
2: <laughs> well, I said Coleman's name first, bro. <laughs> on. Man, we don't know what we who <laughs> Anyway, on. whatever.
0: You know what? Do your homework, research, and don't rely on us to give you tips. How about that? <laughs> don't <laughs> listen to this guy. No, nah, yeah, I'm listen. joking. I'm joking. We're here to help, guys. We're here to help. Just like I said, we we might have another episode where it's just strictly fantasy.
1: Uh, again, how you guys feeling about the draft tomorrow, though? Overall, I feel good. I mean, um, you know, it's just – you never know when you with a 12 people doing a – you have 12 different minds going in a draft. Anything can randomly happen. You can have your quarterbacks that go first round, you know, in a draft. And, you know, usually, you know, you wait on your quarterbacks. You just Then have, our league is
0: a keeper league, so you, we really can't practice. Like, right. it, you really – I just suggest that anybody who plays fantasy just needs to know the value of players. If you don't know yeah. the value of players – know the ADP, know what know what they're going for, knowing when you're getting the value, knowing where value is, and, again, not rushing the gun. I know, you yeah. know, and not getting attached to these names, you know. Like, just because you love this guy, that it may not be particularly good for you to take him in the third yeah. or fourth round. You might be able to get him in the seventh round.
2: Yeah, and you need to have fallbacks, man. I, I'm the type that I never really fall too much into scramble mode when it comes to a pick because I got about two or three or maybe even four names in mind that, hey, this is the one that I'm hoping for, but if he falls two picks before me, I'm not about to go into scramble, thinking like, ah, the guy that I wanted is gone. No, okay, I'm just gonna go down the priority list and say, okay, this is the one I'm grabbing.
1: Interesting.
2: I like that strategy. I haven't used that before. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I usually stick
1: to the guy I want, and I miss him, and I'm panicking. You know, that's I'm going to use that one. Yeah, Yo, right, was, man. So it's been
0: fun, fellas. I think we did it again. We gave a little fantasy talk, a little playoff talk. We got our predictions. We're going to hold y'all today. I hope y'all remember who y'all picked because uh, heat and 6, baby. Heat and 6. Stop. But uh, go, Lakers. Um, <laughs> shout out to 1K Chad on winning our Madden 2021 giveaway again. Uh, appreciate the support. Uh, appreciate the support for everyone that's listening to us. If you've made it to the end with us, man, uh, we got a lot of big things coming. Uh, thank you for rocking with us. And until next time, we'll holler at y'all.
2: Later. Later. Peace. <laughs>